Hi, you guys, and welcome back to the podcast. We are the Carwells. I'm Emily. And I'm Sarah, and we are, as you know, Airbnb interior designers and investors. All right. Well, welcome back, everyone, to the podcast. Today, we have someone who we have done a lot of work with. Um, We have Gloria today. Thank you, Gloria, for joining us, and welcome. Hi. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yes, we're so excited to kind of dig into um, Gloria's story and kind of how she partners with the STR space and design specifically, which is very obviously our favorite part. Um, and we always appreciate someone who understands it just like we do. So, <laughs> um, but before we do all that, of course, we start with a horror story. Um, Gloria has an STR that is actually her primary home. So that's what she started with. Um, she is an early snowbird, I suppose you could say, um, and rents out her primary home when she goes away for the winter. So Gloria, I'll let you take it off and talk about your fortunately minor horror story. (laughs) Yeah, of course. So like you said, we started off renting our home, uh, dabbling in the whole uh, short-term rental space. So we had a few pilot test projects when we would get away for the week or weekend and just rent it out to see how we felt. Um, I'm all about mini experiments, see how it all goes before you dive in deep. Eventually, we got to renting it out for the full winter. But when we we're just testing it out, um, you know, I thought I vetted everyone really well. Um, this like very studious person was saying she's just coming for the weekend because of school and then um our neighbor told us they had a wild party while we were gone for the weekend i came home and i was like everything looks great though like super clean amazing and she just came over she's like i would like you to know nobody was upset luckily my neighbors weren't like freaking out but um it's just a shock when that happens and you thought you vetted it well But honestly, I've had nothing but major positive experiences throughout. Like I was just saying that they leave gifts for us, like homemade cooking. That girl that had the party left her speaker behind and didn't want it back. I'm like, oh, score, like really nice speaker. (laughs) Like, thanks. But yeah, don't do that again. But thanks for the speaker. I guess I needed that for the wild party. (laughs) (laughs) That was a giveaway. She was like, oh, no, I left evidence. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's like, no, I don't want it back. Keep it. <laughs> we didn't use it, I promise. Yeah, exactly. But honestly, like, we've only loved working in this space and, you know, being avid short-term renters ourselves while away for the winter and renting our space. It's just been, like, an amazing experience and really has shaped our design company as well to be focused in that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely some secret sauce there. Yeah. <laughs> Well, that's incredible. I mean, we, to be honest, when I got married, I got married in Fort Worth, Texas, and I rented a very large Airbnb that said explicitly no parties. And because it's a wedding and we have, you know, bridal parties and friends and everybody flying in, we absolutely threw three nights of a party in that Airbnb, but we were the same way. We were like, leave it spotless. <laughs> like The cleaners are coming in and they should have nothing to do because we cannot leave evidence of what we've done here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, the truth is, it's like, if you're not disturbing people and you have it really clean in the end, no one would really know. But of course, be respectful <laughs> of their loud neighbors, you know? 
(laughs) it's also nice it's who you target as your audience too so like Mm -hmm. you there could have been another person if you weren't picky about who you let stay there and I'm sure your pricing reflects the type of clientele that you want to bring in so if you just let anybody in there to throw a party that's not always going to be the case but we always talk Mm -hmm. about being really particular and creating a luxury experience because then you get those kind of guests who are like yes I'm gonna throw a party still but I'm gonna leave it spotless at the end (laughs) Yeah, it was definitely a learning experience, for sure. Yeah, and I would imagine that you being an interior designer, your home is uh, immaculate, <laughs> you know, so yeah. I'm sure you draw in a good clientele. <laughs> yeah, we, like you said, the beautiful pictures, that's probably why they wanted it. You know, they were like, oh, it's like Instagram worthy, we can take photos, and I think that's what we strive for. Um, but yeah, again, you can't always be perfect in who you vet, but luckily be I think due to that having a nice design that we've avoided even worse horror stories like mine is mild in comparison to some of the things you guys have told me (laughs) (laughs) we've gone through it (laughs) um okay so to kind of kick off for um our listeners who do not know who you are will you kind of give them a rundown of um who you are what you do and how you got into the short-term rental space Yeah, for sure. So I started my company six years ago, White Dahlia Design, um, and this was obviously pre-COVID. So we design all of our spaces, like 95% of our clients we don't meet unless they have our VIP package. So we've always been fully online pretty much. Um, And it started because we felt like people didn't have help unless they were paying for, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars for designer for one rent small renovation. So we want to empower people to get the design work and be involved a little bit with their contractors putting it together or just putting the furniture together based on the design, the 3D walkthrough design we create them. So essentially what we do is we create your space fully virtually in a video walkthrough based on your budget and the style you're after. And we show it to you fully furnished. You click what you like from the design and we ship it to you. And then because we have the full video walkthrough, you just piece it together based on the design that we've laid out. And so they get a bit of ownership of actually putting the final thing together if they'd like. Um, and what ended up happening is that our business model we found really worked well for short-term rentals, you know, because a lot of investors are investing, you know, in the hot, you know, vacation spots, they can't always be there at all times. People are, you know, have a lot to their portfolio. So what we do is that we can make it fully, um, that they don't have to be there. Um, and they can just send the design plans to their contractor, put it together and they can fly in in the end just to do the small details if they would like. But we found we had a lot of synergy for short-term rentals for that reason. And now we've pivoted a lot to be in that space. Um, And how I know you lovely ladies is that we work together on a lot of those spaces and it's been uh, really fun. And I'm really loving that we are now focusing more solely on Airbnb spaces and short-term rentals. Yeah. And I mean, in particular, when I, I mean, we've worked with and run alongside a lot of designers, right? Like, mm-hmm. especially when we first got into the short-term rental space, I mean, being a uh, interior designer that really hones in on STRs is kind of few mm-hmm. and far between still. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, to, to have done design previous and then to have met you and watched you and how you were doing it, Emily and I were like, where has this lady been for the last three years? Like the 3D walkthrough. <laughs> yeah. The 3D walkthrough, I think because, you know, 
for short-term rentals, in comparison to when somebody is hiring an interior designer for their full-time home, there isn't that emotional factor, right? That like justifies paying thousands and thousands of dollars for someone's specific taste because they're going to be in this space every single day for the rest of forever, right? Um, and so there is this like yeah. healthy balance of like, okay, how do we reel back on price by not being like super hands-on with the installation and, and on-site, you know, theatrics that you have to go through to bring that property to life. Um, but how do we still bridge that gap of making sure that the end result isn't chaotic and they know exactly where things go? Um, and so that 3D walkthrough mm -hmm. that you guys provide has like, I mean, proven to be <laughs> the, the bridge that we needed for short-term rentals to still be able to utilize interior designers and not have to pay, you know, the outrageous prices that sometimes interior designers can cost. Yeah. For sure. And also then they don't have to be on site as much with this virtual aspect, right? So with a traditional designer, they probably still have to go meet them and make selections. And yeah, I'm really happy that COVID did make the rest of the world get it a little more. Like, you know, like, yeah, you can do this remotely and you can scale quicker. You can be more efficient or very systems organ. Like, you know, organization is key for all of this. And time is money, especially for short-term rentals. You want to get that on the market ready to go, right? So we're really focused in that, which I think... Um, which I think that's why we worked really well. We understood the end impact of what design is supposed to do. You got to do it efficiently, quickly, for the right price, um, but also has to look great. Right. A hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, one thing that we talk about a lot, and I think obviously you can speak to really well, is the difference between designing a home and a short-term rental and like the choices that you make in those yeah. designs and things like that. So can you speak to that a little bit and how that works? Because I know you you have designed people's actual homes before as well. So you you very intimately know the differences. Yeah, absolutely. Like Sarah said, when you're designing for your primary residence, it's a lot more emotional driven. And um it's really trying to, sometimes I call it like design marriage counseling. It's like bringing two people's often designs to life and merging it. And um, it's a very different, I would say, like design journey. With Airbnbs, it's about, um, of course, budget's really important, um, but also, you know, what are you choosing that's going to last is hugely important. Um, you know, like beiges for rugs aren't going to fly and sofas and stain resistance. But also I, I really strongly believe in having like something that's a focal point in each room that is captured well by a photographer, is Instagram worthy, shoots really well, that when you are listing it, people are wowed right away. And that's how you get your listings. But then after the listing part, there's also the um, the maintenance, of course, making it easy for your cleaners, making it easy to maintain. Um, but then as an avid SDR user ourselves, um, we know that having all the little things thought out is so hugely important. Like, where should the hooks be? Like, someone should be able to walk in the door and be like, oh, this is where my jacket goes. Or, you know, where does my luggage go? Making sure there's space for that. Um, having the flow right and the capacity. Like, as we all know, it's, you know, a lot cheaper if six people can stay instead of four and because they're splitting the cost, then making sure how do you get that capacity in there without it feeling too crammed. Um, those are the things we're looking at. It's 
very different for from a primary residence for those reasons. Like the key points we're looking at in the layout um, are for capacity, efficiency, and all of the things I just mentioned. So it's a different process, um, but I love that challenge because, um, yeah, it's just different than trying to do marriage counseling in design, for sure. <laughs> yes, the marriage counseling was the portion that we did not want to deal with, which is really what drove us to to SDR design because it was yeah. so objective, you know, as opposed to emotional, which yeah. seems to, I mean, it comes with a whole set of other difficulties, but it seems to be a little bit easier, at least for certain personality yeah. types like myself, where I'm like, I, I don't want to try and figure out what you want. <laughs> um, exactly. So they're like, oh, I, my husband wants a moose head, but I don't. So I'm like, so do we put a moose head or not? <laughs> like who wins in this argument? Yeah. You know? Right. Right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yes, 100%. Um, and I think, you know, Emily and I have been screaming from the mountaintops for the last three years about the importance of having an interior designer that understands short-term rentals in your scaling process for your STR strategy. Um, and we've gotten so, so, so much pushback from investors who are coming from long-term rentals into short-term rentals or, you know, just investors in general because they're so numbers-driven. Um, and I don't think that they really, mm -hmm. especially at the beginning of their journey, value that massive hospitality factor that short-term rentals are. Um, and so, you know, a really yeah. common rebuttal that we will get from people is like, oh, well, like Wayfair Professional will send us things that, you know, match the aesthetic of what we send them or, oh, Showplace, um, like the wholesale company has, you know, design that they offer for a dollar a square foot. And for the, you know, for people like that, I'm like, okay, yes. Like if you're just looking for something that's cohesive and maybe photographs well, like that'll get you by. And in my opinion, it'll put you at like the very bare minimum that you should be at for a short-term rental. Like you get a gold star for having mm -hmm. all blue interior, right? Like instead of having something that looks like yeah. you took it straight exactly. out of Goodwill. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It will like it. For sure. I get that. It'll look cohesive. Like when you walk into a, like a Leon's showroom, everything's matchy matchy. Or when you see a staged house, but it doesn't feel quite right. You know? Yeah. It doesn't really feel. Doesn't feel finished. Yeah. yeah. Yes, exactly. And it's that experience factor. It's like having somebody who's really thinking about the experience of the guests walking into the space that makes the difference, right? It's like, okay, if you're if you're mm -hmm. kind of cheaping out on the design front and you just want it to match, like sure, the photographs are going to turn out well. Sure, it's going to increase your occupancy. Like it's going to do all of those things for you. But is it going to, you know, increase your repeat guests? Is it going to like increase their overall experience of their vacation? Is it going to be easier for them traveling? Just like when you walk into a hotel, it's easier, mm -hmm. right? It's like there are all these like small portions of actually having someone who understands short-term rentals designing your space and how it functions first over how it looks yeah those systems like the wayfair systems and showplace i don't think like they're not going to realize that the couch needs to be the sturdiest thing and you can skimp a little bit on the decor and the lamps and the side tables because the couch is the most important they're really only looking at the aesthetic which is obviously important that's why we're so interested in design in the first place but there are those little things that are specific to short-term rentals that like just doing design that they, they have to overlap. And I don't think that like these systems that these companies have, have that the way that like an interior designer would, who is specified specifically for short-term rentals. 
Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it really speaks for itself when you, like we've all stayed at a lot of different short-term rentals and we've all stayed at the ones that are generic and you, they're fine, but they're not memorable and it's reflected in the reviews. And I think like, even for the ones that we've worked on recently together, like looking at the reviews, people walking like, wow, it's such a, like not to toot our own horns, but to walk in and like, wow, it was like, such an amazing vibe and space that like people remember it and talk about it and send their friends. Oh yeah. We stayed at this amazing Airbnb. And I think, you know, that's, that is like, we all know reviews are so important and having that instant wow factor is what gives like at least the initial review of how they feel when they walk into space. That's like one of the questions we ask, even for our, you know, residential clients is like, how do you want to feel in here? And that's what we're capturing. Like we want them to feel instantly at home and wowed when they walk in. And it doesn't have to be exorbitantly expensive. Like we use really reasonable retailers like Wayfair, but we just know their inventory so well that we know which lines to stay away from, which ones work, um, you know, how to navigate their like gigantic inventory that they have. So I think that's a huge point as well is that it doesn't have it's not that we're using really high-end suppliers or that our you know I I believe our design fees are quite reasonable as well it's just that when you specialize in the space you know what to look for yes and it's yeah it's like pulling teeth especially with new investors where you're like you just don't understand like we didn't understand right like when we first started designing I mean we were ordering like you know, the plastic dining chairs off of Wayfair and like the futons off of Wayfair. And mm -hmm. same thing for us. It's like we were totally overvaluing the aesthetic alone over the function. And then all of a sudden, Emily and I are like on the phone with Wayfair every single day being like another futon broke, another dining room chair broke. <laughs> like I, I just every time people push back on the design aspect, I'm like, look, I don't, I don't care if you believe me or not. What I'm saying is true. If you hire a designer, it is saving you money in the long run. And not only money, but like time, energy, yeah. resources, the having to shut your unit down. I mean, it's just, it's one of those things that you just do not want to screw up at the beginning and all day long. It's the thing that we get pushed back on the most. And it's just like, I have smoke coming out of my ears every single time I hear it. I'm like, okay, learn it on your own. <laughs> well, I mean, some people do have to make those mistakes on their own, I guess. But I love that you guys are trying to help people through all of your like, Instagram and social media of like trying to educate and like what's more efficient, even with like, you know, turnover quickly, like duvets at Washwell and all of those things. And I mean, I hope that people get the fact that based on your experience, you know what you're talking about and so that they can avoid those mistakes. That's what you're right. trying to do, right? Yeah, I think there's just not like there's no documentation where somebody has been like, this is a not designed unit. This is a well-designed unit. And this is how much more it makes. We actually mm -hmm. have a previous client that we designed for like from the very beginning. And he started doing that. He was like, oh, I'm wow. putting something together because he was like, people don't understand that there is a difference in the profitability. And he was like, and just the function of my units in general are better because I get professional design done. And he was like, I'm comparing all of them and running these numbers because he's like, there needs to be something out there that proves this. I haven't seen that's him come amazing. out with it yet. I know he was like gathering data, but. Wow, that's amazing. That. I would love to see that too. Yeah, because it is quite like, you know, I think also 
as the space gets more competitive, like, you know, as more investors come in, because it's such a, it is a successful industry, it's just bound to have more people come in and design's just going to be even more important when there's more on the market to choose from. Right. So, and that's even already been showcased by companies like Airbnb themselves. They have the button now that's just design. Like you can choose solely based on style, not even location, just the style that you want. So like that speaks like such a big company saying that this is how important it is that they're now going to categorize it that way. So I think it's like, you know, if you miss the mark on this, um, I think you're going to be left behind because inventory of spaces is just increasing. It's getting a little more competitive. And even the companies that are the platforms are saying it. So you can furnish it cheaply, but then you're going to have to redo it when it's not making the margins you want. And then you're just spending more time and money redoing the space. So yeah, I mean, we're beating a dead horse here, but just do it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so let's talk about, let's kind of shift away from that and talk about your actual process, because I think that that's something that we get a lot of questions about on like, okay, remote design, like how does that work? You know, like if, if you're walking us through yeah. your typical short-term rental process, what does that look like so people can hear? Yeah, it's, we make it very systematic and hopefully very easy to understand for all of our clients and investors. So you, essentially we start off with an intro call with our design team. So we have quite a large design team, which is because we know that investors need this done quickly. Um, and so they jump on a call with our, our project managers. We go over the budget and the style. So like based on the location, usually like, is it tropical? If you're near the beach, if you're a cottage, what we want to reflect the region and uh, speak to the city that you're in. And so we can attract certain clientele and what sort of clientele do you want? So we go through all those questions. We have a questionnaire to go through with you. Um, we get your floor plans, all the details, of course, that we would need for the design. Um, and once we have all those questions answered and have the information from you, um, we create design boards based on that. So we know you, we've changed the process a bit so that we have the design boards for you where we've sourced everything um, and show you um, like the pricing, all that within your budget and you click what you like and you check out right away. It's different than our residential clients where they see the 3D design first. We do this this way because you can get your furniture faster. So you'll see that it's your cohesive, you see all the items. Um, and so we can start shipping to you right away. And then once we things start arriving, we are working on the 3D design of all the stuff you selected. So then either yourself or your contractors who are on site can use the 3D video walkthrough to assemble the space exactly as we um, suggest and where everything goes. So it's actually a really you know, quick three-step process where we make sure that, um, yeah, you have everything you need, your contractors can see where everything goes, and then you're furnished as, this is the most, I think, efficient way that we've found um, to get you furnished fast and that designed well as, as well. Yeah. And there's like kind of two bonuses to that 3D um, render that you provide people. Um, we have, I mean, we have obviously a few of the 3D renders from the clients that we've worked with together. So, uh, maybe we'll include one of those mm -hmm. links at the bottom of this so people can like walk around in the space and actually see what it what it looks like. But um, when we were doing it previous to you and we weren't including those 3D renderings of it, I mean, we were just getting bombarded with phone calls all the time asking like, where does this go? And where does this go? And what is this for? And like, just 
it was chaos, right? It just ate up so much of our time on the back end. So we were like really budgeting for that front end, you know, after the order and after like separating it out per room, like what furniture goes in each room, we just assumed that that would be enough. Um, and it wasn't even close, right? So it's like, even for people who are going through a process of scaling, having that 3D design, one, removes all that back-end chaos that you deal with with contractors because they have something that they literally can pull up and see, okay, the sofa is placed here, right? The end table is placed here. This is the wall that needs the wallpaper. Like, this is how high you should, you know, mount the TV or whatever else. Um, but two... Um, it's a big thing for people to pre-list their Airbnb before it's ready, right? It's like, okay, if you have a hard stop date of November 1st and you know that the property is going to be ready, I mean, you can pre-list it with like no photos and be like coming soon. But also if you've got that 3D model, you can just screenshot those, that 3D model and kind of zoom in in places and, and provide that on your listing ahead of time. So people really get a much more concrete idea of what the property is going to look like and it, I mean, it can make you several thousand dollars extra just by having that to pre-list a few weeks in advance. So then you're not, you know, you're kind of yeah. curbing that initial entrance into listing that space. So there's definitely two advantages mm-hmm. to it and it immediately saves you money and time. It's just, it's so efficient. I'm obsessed yeah, with see. it. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say on that note, um, not that we have to do it luckily with our previous designs, but if like a contractor is running behind with a renovation and we know that happens with contractors. Um, so with this, we can even highly render it. We haven't had to do it, but we can do like still images that are super highly realistic rendered so that you can get those pre-bookings in if you're freaking out and you're like, shit, I have to like do something. These contractors are two months behind. What am I going to do? Just for the peace of mind that you're booked already that we can do high like res renders. So it looks like it's real, you know, <laughs> and then with that in the video, they probably have like a way more confidence to book. So yeah. Yes. Yeah. The de- I I do want to include one of those links because the detail that it, that's in the 3D renders that you guys do is so good. We started like towards the end of our design process, we started using like key plan just to kind of shorten that timeline of how many phone calls we were getting from people with being like, where does this go? How do I put this? And it's still, that still wasn't enough. It wasn't detailed enough. You couldn't see the exact furniture piece. Like we can make it the size that it was, but it wasn't the exact furniture piece. And you couldn't actually walk through the space and being able to walk through the space with the detail that you provide is so much more simple than like having to get phone calls constantly being like, Hey, what wall is this art hung on? And I'm like, this one, but I know it's hard for you to see it. And so like we're drawing arrows constantly. So it's just so much more efficient and detailed and it really helps. And for the investor that's doing it themselves, like let's just say it's not a renovation, it's like turnkey and they're just furnishing and they decide they want to put the furniture together. Like this would save them the headache, like in the end. And if it is a contractor, they're not paying the contractor's time to be like, where does everything go? Like, what do I do? So yeah, I, that's a huge, I mean, like people aren't always like we are because we do design work, but like not everybody is like, can just picture it in their heads, you know, like we take that for granted. Cause if I'm speaking to you, I'm like, yep, they're there and there. And you're like, we have it all. But for your like average person who doesn't work in this field, even contractors, they're there to build things. They aren't design people. So that's why they're asking you a million questions because they're like, what, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah. And we've kind of talked about like how the Airbnb space is changing. So how do you see design changing in the STR space as time goes on? Yeah, I think I touched upon this a little bit earlier, just the fact that it's going to be more competitive. And I think that because of that reason, design is going to be really important. And it's I'm seeing a lot of um, companies like running like a lot of companies that are like, you know, your full one-stop shop that we do the property management, we do the furnishing, we do everything for you. You're just putting up the capital and like, we'll get this condo ready for you to go. I've stayed in those properties before personally, and they aren't up to par. Like they're a property management company just trying to make things like easy for their clients, which I totally get. They're like, yeah, we'll just order some furniture that, you know, we know locally we'll get here in time. But even like my husband who isn't design oriented, like they're like, there's something that just doesn't feel comfortable about this place. And I would honestly say a lot of it is just because, you know, it's designed by like, you can tell it's a quick design. And so I get the quick one-stop shop model, but it's always a lot better if the part, like the property manager is partnering with someone who does this full time and not just ordering stuff like they would off of like Wayfair professional or like a, just like a room package somewhere. So I feel like I'm seeing that trending right now, like people going to that because it's easy, but I don't see the long-term success of that. I don't know. What are your ladies' thoughts on that? Have you seen that as well? 100%. 100%. I mean, I think too, there are some people that are targeting like midterm rentals or like a mid-range clientele, right? And that can be a really great solution Mm -hmm. for them because like I said earlier, I think it does put you at like this baseline, right? Where it's like, Okay, Mm -hmm. you put effort into it. It's like, it's, it's not offensive. (laughs) Right. But I mean, there is just absolutely no comparison. If you are trying to get into a luxury clientele, and you want to be, you know, the big kid on the block, and you want to be in the 95th percentile, like, it really is those high touch point areas that your guests are utilizing every single time they're in their space. They're in your space. And like the other day I was, we always watch, um, our cameras at our Airbnb because we want to understand what people, I mean, they're exterior cameras, so it has nothing to do with the interior, but we always like to pay attention to like, okay, what are people using in our backyard? Because we want to make sure that we replicate that, you know, going forward. And someone walked out of our back door, our last guest, and it was a group of girls who was staying there for a bachelorette party. And she walks out and she sees like, the the hot tub has like a table next to it because you know that people are going to have drinks in the hot tub right but typically people don't have a table next to a hot tub and she was like she's like who thinks of everything and just like that one sentence I'm like it's it's so simple right there's like nothing specific like design wise like an aesthetic wise about a table next to a hot tub but it's like those little high touch point areas that are just like convenience after convenience after convenience that people are experiencing from a designer who's paying attention to the function that like makes all the difference in their experience. So yeah, the quick design, I mean, it it might be right for some people's clientele, but truly if you're listening to this and you're wanting to push into the luxury space because you want to maximize the revenue that you can pull out of that space and you want to have a sustainable Airbnb that withstands all of these crazy changes that Airbnb throws at us, it has to be good design and it has to be functional also. So yeah, I totally agree that, and if you know, you want good clientele. yes. So and yeah. just saying, and if you want like high end clientele, that isn't going to leave your space in a mess. Like we said, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. And I am totally about like, I'm my philosophy behind design, even for residential, it's like, 
it has to feel comfortable. Like, of course, it's going to be beautiful. Like, that's the whole point. But like, if you don't have somewhere to put a drink down or like you're sitting in this chair and you have nowhere to put your feet up, it's like instantly doesn't feel homey. And like we stayed at an Airbnb this past winter in Portugal and it was actually, they moved out. Uh, it was their primary residence and they moved out and they now airbnb it out. And my husband was like, he's like, wow, like everything just like flows right. It has like a place. I'm like, that's because people actually lived here. Like they weren't designers, but they lived here. So they knew they needed a hook there. Like, but I think that's what's missing is like people don't get the flow. And like, if you live in your, like, obviously you're living in your own place. You know how important that is, how irritating it is like to come out of a shower and be like, oh, like the, the hook is so far. Now I'm like dripping wet water all across this bathroom and then I'm going to slip on it later. Like, it's just like irritating. And we, why we live in a world where we like to be convenient. Let's be real. And like, and if it's not convenient, we get annoyed. Um, at least that's how I feel. Amen. <laughs> Ditto all the way around. <laughs> okay, so I have another question for you. And this is always a very controversial topic in the SCR space. And we are just like, we're gonna we're gonna beat it like a dead horse again here. And I don't care. It's like trying to raise the bar. That's that's our mission. Um, so what do you suggest people spend per square foot on furniture and decor um for a luxury property? Yeah. Yeah, I can see why this is a finicky question because people are like, what? No way. Like, I just put so much money down on this place and now I have to spend more money. Um, but that's why it's called an investment. You know, like it's an investment because it returns money. Like if it wasn't an investment, you're just spending money for no reason. Like, you know, so for me, I feel like our we have in our questionnaire because people don't like to answer this question, to be honest, even with our residential clients, like, what's your budget? People are like, oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know how much furniture costs. So we always have like in our like sheet of questions, like, okay, here's a range. Like, here's what low end is, mid and high. So for us, like mid, we look at it per room generally. So it's like mid is like five to 6,000 you're spending on a room and like that'll get you by where it looks nice. Um, but then of course, like more high end, I would say around the 9,000 mark um for a room where it's like okay this is gonna last it's gonna look great it's gonna have that luxe feel and like surprisingly i think people don't get like accessories cost money like people are like okay yeah they, they what they do in their head like a bed like you know this much 1500 uh, an end table and they like add these major ticket items in their head and like yeah it should be about like three thousand but then they don't get that you've got like sheets you've got like the f art on the wall you've got the lamps and like those things cost money and those are the things that make it feel like home and make it feel different than any other Airbnb they walk into where they just did that. They're like, okay, all they need is a bed and like a couple nightstands, it's functional. So what high end means to me is that it feels great and um, that's including like the sheets feel great, like this, you know, all of that. So I would say like, you know, budget, you know, Obviously, you can I'm um, you can go crazy. Like this is a crazy industry where people pay $40,000 for a sofa. But that's more residential side where they're emotionally attached to the sofa and they're going to give it to their kids. Like this is not the case, but I think spending a little more on each room really like yeah, you won't regret it. Like we've said over and over, just spend a little more than maybe your heart desires, but we'll promise you it'll give you your return on investment. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think, Absolutely. you know, kind of industry standard or the thing that we hear most often is, 
people spending, you know, about $10 a square foot on a house or about $3,000 per room. And just like you're saying, I mean, you do get the good, you get big pieces in there. (laughs) Like You you get the Mm -hmm. sofa in there, you get the bed in there. Um, just yesterday, someone that I talked to quite often, they posted a new listing and I looked and it's like the living room is like a coffee table, a sofa, a rug. That's it. Like period, end of story. And this person and I were just having a conversation about design and we were talking through budget and I like was showing them our current budget for a property that we're about to get started on. And they were like, what? Like our, our budget was like 55,000 for furniture for this 4,000 square foot house. And they were like, I think I could do that for like 15,000. And I was like, no, (laughs) it's just like, and I don't even know. It's one of those things like some people just can't see it. Right. Like, even if you would hold two pictures side by side and be like, which one cost, you know, five X more, they'd be like, looks the same to me. Like there's a sofa, you know, like we'll sit on it. Um, and it's just not the case. I mean, primarily when we're looking at Airbnb and you're thinking about the person who's actually booking the space, it's primarily females, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the females who are the planners. And so for us to be in a very male dominated industry and the, the males in the industry being the main investors, typically it's like, they're not, they're not Mm -hmm. bridging that gap between really understanding who the person is, who's actually cook, like clicking book on the listings, Um, and so they just don't value it the same way. And they're like, this is good enough for me. And we're like, you aren't the clientele, right? Like you are staying at these nice places and you could be missing all of these pieces and you won't see it, but your wife who booked it absolutely is like, she's noticing this. And so I totally agree, um, with your numbers. The number of times I've like, we don't even like, I think it's just like, I, I don't know if it's a female thing, but I don't even look at ones that look bad. And I don't think it's like all my friends who aren't in design as well feel like you see a bad photo, you're like, next. Like, I'd rather not go than go to that. Like, you know, like I'll just go to a neighboring town. (laughs) Like if I have a wedding in that town and they're like horrendous, I'm like, what's nearby? Because I'm not staying there. And it's not just like a hoity-toity thing. It's like you, you, if you're spending money to go somewhere, you want, it's like, People get it. Like they're going to spend a little more on their vacation, right? Because they're going on vacation. It's like, that's how people feel when they're booking your space. Like they're willing to spend a little more so that they have a good time. And I think that's what people don't get. It's like, yeah, you could list it for lower and you might like, you know, have like bookings might not be the clientele you want. You might have more headaches to deal with. And, but yeah, people are wanting a good time when they're booking an Airbnb and they want that hot time want that nice backyard with the the star twinkle light like you know you want to feel like you're on vacation yeah, yeah there's a really mm. good comparison too that I always think of when we're talking about design and it's like okay like anyone who has toured wedding venues for their wedding like they can justify a much larger budget specifically because this is something that they're going into knowing they are going to splurge on, right? It's the best day of their life. Mm-hmm. That same philosophy applies mm-hmm. for vacations, right? Like when you're on vacation, you are there to feel like you are living a different life than your everyday life. You want to feel bougier. You want to feel more luxurious. You want to feel spoiled. Yeah. You want to feel convenienced. And so all yeah. of those things, people, whether you like it or not, are paying attention to it. And so investors all day long just I think are still really learning that with STRs because it's just it's so massively different than any other real estate investment so 
we're here to educate on it. <laughs> Screaming it from the mountaintops. Thanks for doing the ground. Thanks for doing the groundwork. It's hard, like you said. It's a male-dominated <laughs> world, right? They're not. They didn't design their homes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I have one final question for you as we kind of wrap up. So, what would you say is your least favorite part about designing for short-term rentals? Yeah, I think it's when people don't realize like they need to allow time for their furniture to arrive. You know, they're like, oh, I get the keys and two weeks from now it needs to be furnished. I'm like, we work pretty fast in this industry. Like we get you to your design boards in like days, you know, and like we turn around stuff like in this industry, like lightning fast, but like you still have to allow time for the suppliers to send you your furniture. Like, I don't think people can understand that timeline because they're thinking I get the keys. I need people in here right away. And in this industry, we totally get it. Time is money. You got to list it, get it up there. And that's why we've worked out a very efficient process, but like, also it has to be realistic. Like, you know, retailers are retailers. We choose the ones that work lightning fast as well. Like Wayfair does. Um, but things do show up damaged sometimes. Like that's the reality. Like it's being shipped and like we have to have time for them to send you another one. And like obviously not everything is going to come like with problems to fix, but you have to allow at least like a week for if anything needs to be tweaked. And I think that's the biggest thing is that we, the three of us have worked on projects where it's like, we need it tomorrow. I'm like, yep, we're on it. But then it's also like a lot more time pressure for everyone on the team and like you're the investors feeling more pressure because they didn't come to us before they got the keys. Like come to us before you get your keys and just say, hey, I'm thinking about this property. You have preliminary floor plans from your real estate agent. Give them to us to look at so we can have it on our radar, have our, like we have a quite a large design team, but like have them ready to like slot it in the schedule, ready to go. So like, because we obviously totally get it and we want to get things to you right on time. Um, but you also have to like, as an investor, think ahead a little bit and just get it on people's radars so we can deliver as soon as possible. Like, would you guys agree with that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, absolutely. The timelines are yeah. insane. It's just, we get it, right? So advice to anyone who's listening to this, if you're feeling stressed at the beginning, you are not alone. Every single client we've ever worked with, ourselves included, stress about that upfront price and that upfront timeline. I mean, that anxiety is going to exist no matter what. But if you can get yourself to just know that you're putting your investment in the right place by hiring an interior designer and having it done right the first time, you're going to be in a better place. <laughs> it's like a nearly an impossible ask. But. And like, if you do have a good lead time, you can get the design walkthroughs to start booking and like relieve some of that stress. Be like, oh, people are actually booking. It's working. Like, you know, rather than waiting. I'm always about the pre-book. I think it's genius. Like in the business world, like you're like, okay, this feels like it's happening and I haven't really done anything yet. Like sunk a ton of money. And it's like a test, a good way to test it out, you know? Yes. Yeah. I mean, just the to alleviate that stress, to see that like, holy cow, I'm not even finished with this yet, but people are already emotionally responding to this design that I've invested so much money in. Huge perk. <laughs> Huge yeah. perk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Gloria, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, I hope that our listeners learned something new. I hope that we've continued advocating for interior design in this space. Um, where can people find you if they want to hire you, if they want to watch what you're doing? Um, and yeah, watch you continue so, to grow. 
Oh, thanks. Well, they can find us at whitedahliadesign.com. So Dahlia spelled D-A-H-L-I-A design.com. And um, like I said, our first step in working with us is book that intro call. It's a free exploratory call. If you're looking at a property, just book with our design team. They'll help alleviate some of that stress, walk you through it, what the process looks like, um, help you stay organized uh, so that you can get on the market as soon as possible. So I highly suggest going to whitedahliadesign.com and booking that call. Like I said, it's just uh, the initial step that can help you calm down at the beginning. But you can also find us on Instagram, Facebook, same handle, just at whitedahliadesign. Awesome. Well, we will link everything below so you guys will be able to directly go to anything that you are looking for for White Dahlia and Gloria's team. And Sarah and I are the Carwells.space and at the Carwells on everything else. That's where you guys can find us. <laughs> yes. Well, Gloria, thank you so much again. Um, if you go and find Gloria, tell her that we sent you. <laughs> Maybe you'll get yes. a little extra special treatment there. <laughs> Absolutely. There's a spot. Yes. Yes. And we will catch y'all next time. Thank you for listening. Bye. Bye.